Creative Babble. Hey guys, it's me, Javier. This is part four of the prank call series. If you just discovered the show, I suggest you start with part one. And also, if you're listening with little ones, this might not be the episode for them. In fact, this episode describes some sexual violence that's not suitable for everyone. So if that makes you uncomfortable or that's not your thing, you might want to skip this one. Okay, let's start the show. A prank net caller calls a KFC restaurant in Manchester, New Hampshire. Hello? Now here at Corporate, we've been having a small default with the Ansel fire suppression systems in our store on location. And I'm phoning from Corporate Head Office to run a very quick spot test on your Ansel fire support system and suppression system. Okay. The caller is posing as a manager from the corporate office. Now, now we have taken your system offline from our computer. And what we need for you to do now, madam, is to pull to Ansel Fire Suppression System to reset the system. Therefore, this will, madam, this will prevent any unwanted situations from occurring. He says they're doing a routine test on the fire suppression system. I've got to talk to my boss before I do that. The employee is caught off guard and says that she needs to talk with her boss. Okay, so my authority does overwrite any uh, rights that your manager may or may not give at this moment in time. Like I said, uh, your system, you are actually working right now illegally because you have no fire suppression system in the kitchen. Okay, we have taken your system offline, which means you are currently working in the building with no Ansel fire suppression system. This is illegal. So what we need for you to do right now is go to the Ansel fire suppression system, pull the lever to reset it. The restaurant manager pulls the ring. Oh, crap. Watch out. What's happening, ma'am? Ma'am, what's happening? Coming out of my ceiling. A liquid mist shoots out from under the grill vent and covers the employee. A restaurant fire suppression system uses a wet, fine mist to quickly extinguish grease fires. It's a non-toxic chemical, completely harmless. But the employee doesn't know that. All they know is that they're covered in this stuff. Dex, the leader of the notorious Pranknet group, jumps on the call. Okay, ma'am, this store is now deemed unsafe because that was not supposed to happen. Okay. Now you need to declare this store unsafe right now. According to KFC manual from the company, you need to declare, you need to make a loud vocal announcement that this store is unsafe. And what, just that we're closing for the day? Yes. No, you need to say everybody out, we're closing right now. You need to make a loud, you need to make a, you need to declare the store unsafe. We have to close our store. We just had our ANSEL system go off and we have to clean everything up before we can serve anybody. Alright. Yes, louder. You have to say it louder, ma'am. Louder? Louder, ma'am, please. Louder. For I'm documentation sorry. We purposes. have to close our store. I need everybody to exit. Okay, you need to make a loud vocal announcement that I hereby declare this store unsafe and we are said witnesses of, of the statement. I hereby declare this store unsafe. Now that the customers have left the restaurant, 
Dex urges the employees to leave the building. Now, what you need to do is you need to evacuate the store and you need to get outside the store immediately. Now, do you have a cell phone, Faye? We do. Yes. Okay, now, is it your cell phone, or whose cell phone is it? Uh, you can have mine, if you want. Okay, now, what I need is your cell phone number so that I can contact you as soon as you get outside the store, and then we're also going to get the district manager on the line, and we okay. have a hazmat cleaning crew that is we're sending right now. They're going to get down there, and they're going to uh, clean the store, and they're going to they're going to give you and Sonia a chemical wash, which is going to rid your body of all the chemicals that's on your clothes and on your body. Yep. And uh, if you don't, if, if that doesn't happen soon, then then you could potentially die. So we need you to get oh outside the store right now, and yep. you need to give me your cell phone number right now. Okay. It's Dex reminds them that the toxic chemical is all over their clothes. They need to undress, and they need to do it fast. But the employees hesitate. Now, now, is your shirt off? My, my shirt is off. Yes. Is, is your pant? Are your pants off? Um, hold on. Please, Faye. Hello? Hello, Sonia. Yeah. Sonia, this is a very serious situation. Have you removed your shirt? Yep, yeah, I'm doing it right now. Okay, now, as I instructed Faye, she can't get in her car right now because what's going to happen is it's going to get onto her seat, the car seat, and everything else, and then it's going to be a huge problem because when the hazmat crew arrives, they're going to give you a chemical wash, and it's going to decontaminate you. So if you put on new clothes right now, it's just going to reinfect those clothes. Okay. And so that's why, and we, and we can only have the hazmat crew come down there once. It's not like every day we can have them come down there. So that's why I'm saying you need to remove your shirt right now. Did you remove it? Yep. Now, I understand this is very uncomfortable for you, but you're going to have to remove your pants, too, because it got on your pants, it got on all your clothes, and it's going to start to eat through. It's a slow process that we're trying to slow down right now. It's so cold down here. I understand. I understand. Just remain calm. Now, you're going to have to explain to Faye as well. Now, Faye has to remove her underpants, her pants. Yep, she did. Okay, now, now... Okay, so your shirt is off, your undershirt is off, your pants are off. Now, 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 Sonia, are you wearing uh, uh, any sort of undergarment, like a bra? Yeah. Okay, now, I'm very, again, this is going to be only for a short while, most likely five minutes tops. You're going to have to remove that bra, Sonia. Are you kidding me? They want to go inside their cars for privacy, but Dex won't allow it. Remember, it's February in New Hampshire. It's a brisk 36 degrees outside. And after a few minutes of convincing them, Dex manages to get both of them completely naked in the cold. She's going to start to get rashy soon if she doesn't take action. Um, now, have you ever been stung by a jellyfish? No. But do you know what the protocol is when you're stung by a jellyfish? No. Okay. Now, when you're stung by a jellyfish, what happens is you have to, you know, the jellyfish in the, in the water, in the ocean, in the sea, uh -huh. you have to... You have to urinate on the part where you where you were stung, and this is a very similar thing. Now it was on her hands, correct, or arms? Yes. Okay. Now ask okay. her. Ask her if she's able to pee on her arm. I understand. Are you able? Are you able to urinate on your arm? On your arms, wherever that's Because the urine contains a concentration of acid that's going to dissolve and deactivate the toxin that's on her arm. 
Yeah. That's what happens. Now, I just spoke with a member of the hazmat crew, and they've informed me that that got, since because it got on your hands and your arms, it's going to start to create a rash and eat out your skin unless you slow the process down. That's why uh-huh. you need to urinate on your arm right now. Is there any way you can do that, or maybe if you have to ask Sonya to do it? I can try. I, I, I can try. try. I need you to just try right now. Okay, I'm going to be okay. quiet. Just go ahead and try. Okay. I got, I got a little bit. Okay, now, okay, what I, you're going to do is tell Sonya. Tell Sonya to come over there, and you're going to have to get her to do it right now. Tell her that right, it's important. Well, Stay on the phone. On me? All right, she's going to do that. Uh, we got to put the phone down. Okay, is she is she gonna is she gonna urinate on you first? All right. She's gonna actually pee in a cup and, and then I'm gonna pour it on me. Okay, that may not work because of the cup is gonna take out the concentration. When you let it sit around in a cup, then the acid concentration goes down by percentage and then it's not effective. It has to come right out like as soon as it comes out, it has to hit contact on your skin. That's why I'm saying okay. just put your arm out under her vagina right now. And just let it run down on your arm. Alright, hold on. Eventually, Dex convinces these poor girls to urinate on each other while naked in the parking lot outside the KFC restaurant. Passerbys noticed that something was really, really wrong and called 911. When the cops arrived at the KFC, they witnessed the entire thing. Can you imagine the confusion? Today we're going to talk with one of the architects of the prank that you just listened to. Her name is Jerry Batsford. She helped plot this cruel scheme down to the very last detail. And let me tell you, there was a lot of planning that went into this sick joke. I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Today's episode is supported by a brand new podcast from Wondery and the Los Angeles Times called Detective Trap. I don't know about you, but I personally love true crime podcasts with real law enforcement professionals who do things a little differently. This story is about a veteran detective named Jalissa Trap. She's not your typical cop. In fact, I bet her style is guided more by her gut than anything she's ever learned at the Academy. The podcast named after her, Detective Trap, takes a look back at the case which defined her career. It's the story of three women who disappeared in Santa Ana, California, without a trace. Hear how this unconventional detective brought justice her own way. Subscribe to Detective Trap on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to right now. You can also find the link in the episode notes. This little podcast hobby of mine is a lot of fun, but it can be stressful at times. At night, I find myself grinding my teeth or just waking up with my mind racing. I found something that finally helped. Hemp Fusion. Hemp Fusion is natural and can help you sleep better and get more energy. 
Hemp Fusion is available online and at natural product retailers near you. Pretend listeners can get 20% off plus free shipping off your first order when you use promo code PRETEND. I wasn't sure what to expect when I called Jerry Batsford. After all, she was part of PrankNet. So, what all did you buy? Excuse me? What all did you fucking buy? Who are you? I don't remember giving you my number. Hey, Jerry, are you there? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. We are recording. Let's just start at the beginning. Introduce yourself. Like, tell me who you are. My name is Gary, and, and my, last, my last name is Batsford. I, that's my real name. I grew up in Alabama. I moved to Tennessee. How did this all start? How did PrankNet begin? I'll have Jerry explain. Started out with normal pranks, pranking each other, laughing, making fun of each other, and kind of being a community of, you know, prankers. And then, and then it escalated into more diabolical stuff. They all kind of started out like that, innocent and, and mostly funny. You know, the kind of pranks that you hear on prank yankers or jerky boys. But then after a while, the jokes got old. They had to step it up. At that point, it became about if you could make the person cry or become angry or cuss you or... And, and, and the angrier the person got, or the more emotionally charged they were, the more epic the prank was, the prank was. And that was the word that they used, epic, epic. That's epic, that's epic, that's epic. So once something is the most epic, you gotta talk it, right? To keep your followers, and keep those people coming in, and keep those people paying those dues. This wasn't just a community of punks. It was a show for the world to see, produced by a masterful performer. Most of it was engineered by just pretty one, just pretty much one person. Dex was the puppeteer. He maneuvered a lot of us like we were puppets. So this is not just a, a bunch of nerds hanging out. This is like a serious business with some serious cash, right? Well, I know that there were other people in other countries that were wiring um, six and ten thousand dollars at a time. I was responsible for paying my portion of my dues. And how much was that? Six hundred dollars every three times a year. Eighteen hundred dollars a year. Jerry says that the money would go to pay for dedicated servers and things like that. And how many members would you say were on at any given time? Uh, uh, most nights there were at least 200. At least 200 people on there. 800 bucks times 200 was, uh, so $360,000 a year Dex was pulling in. That's a lot of money for servers. Well, but something tells me that the money was paying for more than just servers. I think his house burnt down at some time. I can't remember, but he was homeless and everybody in the group gave him money. And I'm talking a lot of money. We, we grew, I know that we paid his rent for a year. The way Jerry explains it, PrankNet wasn't always so cruel. The joke started off small and harmless. Then the next one got a little meaner. And then they had to one-up that one and it snowballed from there. It started out with bed bag pranks. 
and they didn't make and they didn't make the news. Uh, actually, those were my pranks, but they didn't make the news because we weren't destroying property. It's like a magician, you know, when they do a trick. That's great, but you can't do that same trick next year. You got to do a better trick and a better one and a better one. This is very typical with con artists. Often, con artists don't begin with the intention to harm someone. It starts off small, then things start spinning out of control. They just get sucked into this vortex and they don't know how to stop it. And rarely do con men like Dex go at it alone. They typically sucker others to go along with them. And I can't speak for the other members of PrankNet, but it seems to me that kids like Jerry just wanted to be part of a group, a family, a community. I, I felt, I swear, it felt like I was in love. I was so lost myself that I would have stuck my head in a paint shaker if it, it made somebody care about me. Very cult-like, right? At this point in the timeline, PrankNet hasn't started the phone calls that led to property destruction. That part comes next. But eventually, his followers will be so numb to all this that the people who they're hurting don't even seem real to them anymore. They did a prank and that they set the entire alarm system off in the, the hotel. And then they told... Um, told them that the alarm system was in the doors and to break the door. And so uh, they broke one door but couldn't get the other door. And you can hear the panic in the background of the people. And then somebody said, well, I'll just run my car through it. And, and they did. They ran their car through the damn hotel door. And, and I'll tell you what, I've never, and I thought, to me, and I was like, what is wrong with people that they're doing this? I mean, why? I mean, but and, and you know what it was? It, it's panic. It's panic. So if you're one of the things that if you'll listen uh, to the people, not to Dex or the people that are talking, if you'll listen to the people on the recordings, you can hear the panic. And if you could have heard what was in the rooms and the things that were said um, in the chat, it, it, those it was, I don't know, it was like a bunch of little monsters. We were all feeding off of that panic. They were like, you know, oh, they're shitting themselves, oh, this or that, you know, and and not not a single one of us cared about whether we were causing somebody a heart attack or anything. Jerry says that she regrets what she did now, but back then, it was just all part of the fun. Let's go back to the KFC prank in Manchester, New Hampshire. I listened to hours of prank net calls, and I found this one to be the most disturbing one of all. Jerry played a big role in the design of this prank. I'm going to have her walk you through it, but in order to understand how they came up with this idea, you need to know a little bit about Jerry Batsford's history. You see, Jerry was in the Navy and was discharged due to a disability. One of the things that I did when I was in the military was I checked the Ansel system. Like we explained earlier, an Ansel system is a specific brand of a fire suppression system that fits inside of a grill hood. If it senses a grease fire, it sprays out a non-toxic mist over the flames and smothers it. Looking back, it makes perfect sense. How else would a punk like Dex who lives in his mama's house know how an Ansel system works? I wouldn't know how one works, but he knew exactly which ring to pull. And that's because he was taking copious amounts of notes. I actually told him how you set the Ansel system off and you reset it and everything. I guess he took notes. They planned it all out. We'd have 20 people in the call 
and we talk about how it would go or how it, they would lead out, um, you know, and literally just kind of sketch it out like you might do if you were doing, you know, a sketch, like a skit. And so he said, well, we'll just pretend to be um, the uh, some company. Actually, he looked that up to see uh, who authorized those and checked them and everything. He did it several times. I mean, I know at least five or six times. Some of them would like scream and ran out the door and they would drop the phone and that would be the end of the call. The only reason that that, that, that prank made the news was because the guy or the girl that, that Dex was talking to stayed on the phone with him. Eventually, the jokes started getting old and Jerry wasn't laughing anymore. She remembers talking to a hotel guest during one hotel prank call. I told them that there was a gas leak and that they had to get all of the electronic equipment out of their room. So the guy's like, um, well, if I open the door, you know, it's going to let the gas in. And I was like, oh, my God. And 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 I'm like, why am I doing this? And uh, so then Dex was like, just tell him to throw it out the window. And so I did. I told him to throw it out the window. And um he threw the TV out the window, and, and, and you can hear the horror in his voice because uh, somebody's like, but you can hear in the background that there was like, he's like, there's a gas leak. I told him, you've been pranked by pranking it. And then the guy turns around, and he, and he and you can hear the guy in the back, and he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And you can just hear the devastation in his voice, and that was the last one I did. Well, that's a pretty defining turning point. I, I can just imagine you in this last prank call, you know, you're you're waiting for the punchline. You know, like the punchline is like, boom, you're on prank net. You know, this is the big laugh. Yeah, big laugh. If you're on prank net. You just been pranked in front of 2,500 people. How do you feel? We and did that. That's exactly what we said. You're like... feel. You're feeling the devastation in this guy's voice and... And you felt like this is it. It's time, right? Well, I don't know if I felt like this is it. I felt like, oh my God, I'm a horrible. I actually felt, I didn't, I was really weird. It's still, I think I'm such an ass for being that way. When I heard him being devastated, I felt bad for myself for doing that. I didn't really, I felt bad that it happened, but I, immediately recognized what I had done. You know what I'm saying? And I was scared for myself and I was like, oh shit, we're in fucking trouble. Or I'm in trouble. And then I realized, I was like, holy shit, I'm using my real name. Oh, fuck. Once the Ansel system prank started, I started having issues with everybody. I mean, it just, and I can't, and I would say, we don't need to be throwing TVs out the window. That's not who we are. We don't need that. We, you know, we can be somebody, you know, we can be a real, a real show, you know, and then, then, and there were, like I said, there were a lot of people that wanted vengeance on businesses, on people. You're not causing the person 
personal financial damage you're causing uh, a lot of financial damage to a big corporation did you feel chaos that causes the damage right right exactly you're causing the chaos is causing the damage so you're already in what you're saying you've already removed yourself from that responsibility a little bit by saying i didn't cause the damage i caused the chaos right but then at the same time i guess what i was saying is you're not even causing financial damage to that person you're causing financial damage to a big corporation did that make you feel like it was less bad i'm just trying to like straight on, it's straight on that's exactly how i felt i tried to justify it because i wasn't hurting the person i was hurting a business but what about now like how do you feel about this like years later well i feel horrible i don't even i i can't even say i'm sorry there's no sorry or an excuse or anything that makes up for that there's nothing I can say or do that will cover it. I can't be sorry enough. You know, I read somewhere that, um, you know, people um, that they were so scared that it caused them anxiety and stuff like that, and that people have had to go to like um, therapy. I don't. Sometimes I don't sleep well. Matter of fact, I don't sleep well at all. And I, I mean, I think that when I go to heaven, I got a shit ton to answer for. Instead of trying to hurt other people and, you know, or, or, you know, cause chaos through, you know, in, in strangers, I, I try to help strangers. And, uh, you know, I'm notorious where I live at for helping somebody with gas or getting a ride somewhere. Uh, all I can say is that I'm sorry. Fellas, when was the last time you treated yourself to a nice pair of underwear? I mean, seriously, my entire life, I've been wearing the cheap underwear from big box stores. And boy, have I been missing out. I discovered Mack Weldon Basics for men, and there's no going back. They are super comfortable and made out of insanely soft material. It's also made with silver, so it's naturally antimicrobial and eliminates odors unlike the cheap underwear you've been getting at the store. And it's more than just underwear. I bought undershirts and the best sweatpants ever. I'm pretty much spoiled. Shopping online was super easy too. If you don't like what you ordered, you can just keep it and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you'll ever wear. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com. that's M-A-C-K, Weldon.com, and enter promo code PRETEND. There was one prank that got in her head. It was a prank call made to a Holiday Inn in Conway, Arkansas. The front desk clerk and a hotel guest smashed the windows and set off sprinkler systems to the entire hotel. The entire hotel had to be evacuated. It was pure mayhem. And when the prank call was over, Jerry wasn't laughing. She was scared. In fact, she started thinking, what if police connect this to me? After all, she wasn't even using a pseudonym. Everyone at PrankNet knew her by her real name. Actually, I took my computer and I took it apart and I took all the pieces and I buried them. I thought I was covering my ass. 
And so I, at that night, I actually, I was like, you're never going to sleep again unless you admit to it. So the next morning, she called the authorities. She came clean. She didn't just come clean. She had proof that PrankNet was an organization with fees and dues, possibly even involved in money laundering. I had a lot of receipts from other people that had sent him money. And, and so I started and I showed him the receipts where all that money was being transferred. As you can imagine, deflecting from a group like PrankNet has its cost. Jerry began receiving harassing phone calls at home. I quit answering their phone calls at home. They started calling me at work. And I lost my, I lost a very, very good job. A very good job. What were these phone calls like? I worked for a grocery store as a, as a retail manager, and they would call and they would report me for stuff. And, you know, sometimes they would report me for saying something to an, a, 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 a store patron, and I wouldn't even be at work. My boss was like, well, you know, one more call and you got your, you're going to lose your job. And sure enough, one more call happened. I lost my job. And then I went to another place. And then I guess it was about six months and they found me there. Uh, I get phone calls from people in the middle of the morning. And people are like, why don't you change your phone number? Because then I'm not, then I would, I'm not going to run from it. I'm not. I did that. I, I'm, I am ashamed of it. And I'm not going to change my phone number. I'm not going to be bullied by these people. They're not going to do what I'd help them do to other people to me. People have called me an online terrorist, and, and I agree with them. I did do it to cause terror and destruction. I mean, it, it made me feel better. And the, the chaos that I caused made me feel better. And it's horrible, but that's exactly the truth. And if I lie about it, then then I'm no better than I was when I began. I, I, I see the picture in my head of the KFC girls, you know, Manchester, um, wrapped around a blanket sitting on, on the ambulance, you know, after, mm-hmm. after they realized what happened to them. And, you know, and, and I can imagine that you probably picture that in your head a lot. I do remember those girls and the photographs of them sitting on the back of the ambulance. And I, uh, you know, and I remember the things that were said on the phone calls about, you know, how, you know, that, that we, we could tell that they were scared and you could hear them screaming. I've been the butt of a prank. And not like that, not anything like that, but I've been the butt of a minor prank, you know. And I know how it made me feel in the instant that I found out it was a prank. And, you know, and there's that, oh, my God, really? And then, ah, ha, ha. But for those people, it was, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Is this really happening? Is this really happening? And it went on for hours. And it didn't stop. And, and we did that to them. All of us. We all did it. I am totally guilty of what I did. I did those things. I did. I'm sorry. But you know what? That don't change it. Being sorry don't help. And there are some things you can come back from, and there are things that you cannot. And even though I don't do those things anymore, it follows me everywhere I go. And it always will.
We have one more prank episode. I'm gonna save it for after the new year, but the next episode is Pretend's very first Christmas episode. It's about a man who was playing Santa Claus, but was also a con artist. Yeah, <laughs> you don't wanna miss that one. Also, there was more to my interview with Jerry Batsford. In fact, we started looking for decks you could hear more of our conversation on Patreon. Just go to pretendradio.org and click the donate button. All right, guys, that's all I have for today. We'll talk next time. Remember, Santa Claus meets con artist. It's called The Santa Claus Man. Talk to you soon. tell you about the Apple for the Teacher podcast. I'm Anna Thomas, a teacher and your host. So you're probably thinking it's about reading, writing and arithmetic, right? Well, think again. It's a fresh take on true crime where you wouldn't expect to find true crime in schools. Yes, schools. You will hear tragic stories about murder, abduction, school bus hijack, student disappearance, suicide, kidnap and ransom, a school camp tragedy, the list goes on. So if you're looking for something a little different in the true crime genre, then Apple for the Teacher is for you. So join me as I present the bad apples. But until then, remember to be a good apple. Creative Bad.